Welcome to the Nick State of Mind podcast. We are back for another episode. Unfortunately, this week's episode is uh, not quite as upbeat after the loss to the Suns and break the uh, break the winning streak there. But I don't think Knicks fans and I don't think the Knicks themselves are too down about the loss. Uh, it seems like seems like it was uh, it was a pretty good run, and Phoenix is one of the better teams in the league. So we'll kind of dive into that. But I'm here with my co-host, Chip Murphy. Chip, how are we doing today? I'm good, man. I, I agree with you. I, Despite the loss to Phoenix, I mean, it was superhuman effort from Chris Paul mm-hmm. for that win from them. And, I mean, that one shot over uh, Rand, great defense from Randall. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, what's the difference there? One team had Chris Paul, the other team didn't. One team yeah. had a Hall of Famer. And, I mean, Julius Randall's playing spectacular but i mean chris paul is chris paul so yeah. that it is what it is yeah that i mean that that circus shot that he hit where, oh, you God. know he, he was like losing the ball and then flipped it up as soon as he released it too you knew it was going in like it was you saw you saw the like the ball leave his hand in time and it's like that's got like it just it is it's chris paul that's going he, in. yeah when he just dribbles like that and just stares the guy down you're like okay we're in trouble. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like when and we I, were going down the stretch like that, I was like, yeah, they have Chris Paul. I don't know. I don't know what the numbers are like this year. I, have, I haven't looked at them recently, but I, I do remember last year when the Thunder were on that, that great run making the playoffs when no one expected him to. Chris Paul was like number one in the NBA in fourth quarter points, clutch points, basically all those categories. Chris Paul was at the top. Um, I would imagine – he's maybe not quite near the the tippy top this this year just because he has Devin Booker he's got another guy who can kind of take some of those take some of those shots and who's a little more advanced than uh, than Shea was last year but like you said anytime you have Chris Paul in a situation like that it's going to be tough to beat him and you know the Knicks got to give him credit they went out there they fought they had a lead i mean you don't like to see them lose that lead but i don't think there was anyone watching that game with the Knicks up 15 and thinking they were going to run away with it and, you know, dominate or anything like that. I think everyone who was watching that knew the Suns had another run in them. And, hey, got to give the Knicks credit, too. I mean, Paul hits that dagger shot to put them up five, which kind of ended it. But right before that, hit a three, you know, hit actually hit a couple threes to kind of get themselves within striking distance there. Um, they got a lot of resilience. I mean, that's the one thing. Yeah. you've seen out of this uh out of this winning streak and even that loss they never they never really go away and how about Derek Rose too in that fourth quarter incredible i mean yeah. turning back the clock you know would be an understatement on, yeah. on how he played he was i mean to, and not just in the phoenix game just got to give him props overall since the trade yeah. i mean somebody i wish i could remember who tweeted but somebody tweeted like a a screenshot of a friend of the podcast, Duncan Smith tweeting out uh, an article he wrote right after the trade, just crushing the Knicks. And I feel bad. (laughs) It was was, uh, Duncan is a big Pistons fan. Yeah. Yeah. And he was just killing the Knicks. And I I was like, I was looking at like, can you really kill Duncan for that? 
because I was just remembering like, yeah, I, I was killing the Knicks when they yeah, traded. I, honestly, like I remember being worried. I don't you know. I don't think like I don't think I was down on the trade necessarily because like giving up Dennis Smith Jr. It's like you know whatever. It's not a big deal. Um, but I don't think I expected quite you know quite this or this much of a resurgence from Derrick Rose. But hey, that Tibbs factor. It's you know anytime he plays for Tibbs, he just somehow some way like puts out his best effort no matter no matter what. And obviously he's not the MVP that he once was. Um, but he looks like a legit, legit NBA point guard out there, which kind of had me thinking. Burks has to be getting pretty close to coming back yeah, off of the off of the protocols. Do you think, whether it's Burks or Rose, do you think Alfred Payton's time in the rotation might be coming to an end? Because Tibbs has shown that he likes Burks as a point guard, and he likes having him handle the ball. Do you think that could be something where they move Derrick Rose into the starting lineup and then they have Quickly and Burks as the guards off the bench? I have a hard time believing he's going to change his starting lineup this late in the year. Mm -hmm. It's the most played lineup in the NBA, I think. Last I checked, it was. Maybe that's changed recently. But I just don't – especially the playoffs are soon and Rose has been so good off the bench with the young guys – I feel like Alfred Payton could be his Keith Bogans type player where he plays 10, 12 minutes a game in the playoffs and then mm-hmm. never comes in again. You know, he could be that guy. Just enough, uh, enough out, enough going out, out there and giving enough minutes to like kind of bridge that gap almost. Yeah. He could just be that guy. I, but you, you look, it is it is Derek Rose. Because what I'm yeah. what I'm thinking here though is like Tibbs doesn't want to play a ten man rotation. Oh he God, want, no, he no coach, do it now. no coach does, and he doesn't no want. Yeah, does. He doesn't want to do it in the playoffs for sure. Which if you if Burks comes back and you assume he's going to be in the rotation because you know he's been good all year long. If you assume Burks is back in the rotation, who's out then? I think you know you have well, Toppin, but that positionally kind of leaves you a little vulnerable with who's going to take the minutes at the four uh, when Randall's sitting for, you know, in the playoffs, he'll probably be sitting for eight minutes, but um, then you got, you got Rose is obviously going to play. Rose is going to be in the rotation. You got quickly, you you know, you wouldn't think that Peyton would overtake him in the rotation with the way Mm -hmm. he's been playing lately. Well, if he keeps playing like this, if he keeps playing like this, yeah. I mean, playoffs, you never know, especially with a rookie, but I don't know. I, I, I'd be stunned if Obi Toppin is in the playoff rotation. That would be shocking to me. So, but uh, the, the only reason why I think we might see a little bit of Obi Toppin is because I think we might see him in like the first half of games for maybe six minutes, six to eight minutes, something like that. Just because I don't think you, I don't think you can play Randall in the entire game, every game. Okay, but Tibbs Tibbs will try. Tibbs might try. What's the way around it? Who who else goes in when Randall comes out? I'm trying to think. Could you take Randall out and put Taj in instead? Taj at the four. I don't love it. Tibbs might. Mm -hmm. I personally don't, but it's either Taj at the four or you move RJ up to the four. Yeah. 
because then you'd have if you'd have like like hypothetically R.J. Burks uh, quickly rose, or you know R.J. Burks, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like Peyton in for one of those guys. Has R.J. played the four at all this year? I, I want to say for like a hot minute, but not much. I can't see. You could be right. Maybe Obi gets like a couple minutes a game when Randall sits, but those min- every minute in the playoffs is so important. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I agree. God, I, I don't know. I feel like these next few games are so important. It could determine whether, oh, it could determine whether Toppin or Knox are in the are the are that short minute backup guy. I honestly think not. I mean, Toppin has been playing well recently, I think. Um, You know, his defense has been pretty good, actually, of late. Um, And he's starting to kind of, like, find his rhythm a little bit offensively with Derrick Rose. So I I don't – I don't like, I'm not putting Toppin down. But Kevin Knox is just, like, if you're just going to basically have him to play five to ten minutes to spell Randall in a game, I think, honestly, having his shooting might – be better off because that way you can just on offense basically stick him in a corner and he's a much better like kind of floor spacer than than Toppin is right now um for as great as as great as Obi Toppin is he's not gonna he's not gonna keep teams like glued to to him on the three-point line who are we talking about sorry Knox Toppin I'm saying saying Knox is the better shooter than than Toppin Knox is a better shooter well yeah but in theory he's a better shooter than Toppin I guess, yeah, he, well, he's more consistent than Toppin mm-hmm. for sure. But I'm not uh, confident in either one of them in a playoff series. So, <clears throat> in terms of their jump shot. So, I, that wouldn't sway me either way. Like, mm-hmm. Knox's jump shot over Obi Toppin's jump shot wouldn't sway me. Like, if that's the swing. And I don't think it would sway Tibbs either. It's like, you know, and Obi Top, Obi's taking too many threes. And I know, that's probably the plan that that's they don't we've talked about that so many times we don't need to talk about obi as a role man again on here we've talked <laughs> about that too many times but yeah i i guess i guess yeah you're, you're uh, honestly you're, you're probably right obi will be that like that randall spell guy just because he's been that all year long i can't see them really changing too much but i mean it'll be interesting because tibbs could move to like an eight-man rotation like I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't put that past them to, to really like move eight man rotation. And then even like, I wouldn't be shocked if we see quickly only getting like 12, 15 minutes in some of those playoff games where they're going seven guys, basically. Mike D'Antoni played seven guys with the Rockets. Yeah. There's no way Tibbs plays more than eight. Yeah. So he's going to play obviously RJ and Randall and Bullock and Noel are all going to play. And Rose, that's five. Mm-hmm. And Burks, I, I think if Burks is healthy, I think he's a definite guy in the rotation. Burks is six. Is Taj a lock because he's Taj? I mean, it, it also depends if Mitch is there. I thought Mitch was done for the year. I thought we were operating under that assumption that he was okay. done for the year. Yeah, yeah. I I thought I remembered Colin saying last week something about he might be back, but oh, yeah, I could I'm, be wrong. 
Maybe. I'm I'm not 100% certain on it either. So, yeah, we can, might as well operate under the assumption that he's done. Um, if that's the case, I think Taj is definitely in because I don't think Noel is going to play. I don't think Noel is going to play enough minutes where you can just go with Randall at the five um, in the minutes when he's off the floor. So I think okay. Taj will definitely play. Okay, so Taj is seven, and then quickly is eight. Quickly would be eight. And so, in that that situation, though, you would ha- probably have to have RJ at the at the four in some some scenario. Any time that maybe the the five minutes that Randall is off the floor, you'll have RJ in that four spot. Man, that's a tough call. I mean, I guess it, you know what we're saying. All this it depends on who they play too. That's it all it. depends on who they play. Because if they play. By some weird circumstance, they end up playing the Sixers. Obviously, Taj is going to play. Yeah, yeah, because you need that beat inside. But I don't know. They end up playing the Nets. Do they really need Taj when they got no center? Yeah, when the Nets. I mean, I think in in that series, I don't think the Nets would be playing um, DeAndre Jordan much. Yeah, exactly. Probably would need. Maybe I mean Atlanta. Atlanta, do they need? Yeah, because because you'd have Capella, you'd, Capella. You'd have Clint. Um, and if I Taj seemed like he did a pretty decent job on. I mean, there's only so much you can do to stop Trey Young from scoring and and assisting, but it seemed like he did an okay job on Clint in that game. Yeah, I mean, Taj Taj can still handle himself out there. You know, like it's it's wild that what is he 35. Yeah, he's yeah, he's, he's been still, awesome. He's, he's still been like really a, good, a really good backup. <laughs> like, yeah, still got it. He's been better than Obi Toppin, so he's a better basketball player yeah. than Obi Toppin right now. Right and now, there's no yeah. debate about it. Like, yeah, but just, I don't know. It's that's that's interest, interesting playoff uh, playoff rotation stuff because I think we're we're starting to see that. Um, but I guess kind of looking ahead a little bit, obviously. Wednesday, so when this pod comes out today, this Chicago game is huge. You want to win that just to kind of bounce back after the loss. Then they got Houston on Sunday at Houston, which kicks off a six-game Western Conference road trip. After Houston, which would should, you know, in theory be a win, Knicks have done a pretty good job of beating up on, on some of those lesser teams. But after that, you have Memphis, who's going to be in the play-in tournament um, most likely look, looking like right now. And then you have Denver, Phoenix again, the Clippers, and the Lakers. So the Knicks have a very, very difficult schedule coming up. Um, and I think we, we talked about this a little bit last week where this winning streak kind of gives them a little bit of breathing room where, you know, obviously they're mm-hmm. in the middle of a very tight race for that 4-5 um, in the Eastern Conference. But this gives them a little breathing room where it feels like avoiding the play in tournament um, is a realistic possibility right now. Uh, but I guess chip just throwing it to you. Well, what were, what are your expectations kind of going into this, uh, this road trip coming up here? Well, going into it, I remember uh, we were talking about this, like you said, a, a while ago before the wind streak started. And I was like, Oh shit, this could be do or die. Holy shit. And now it's mm-hmm. like, okay, maybe we can go. What is it? We could go 500. We could go three and three on this trip. Maybe we go two and f- even if we go two and four, wouldn't be the end of the world. Yeah. You know, we, these, the Houston game 
and the Memphis game are huge. Obviously, before we even go on the trip, the game uh, mm-hmm. we're recording this Tuesday, the game tomorrow against the Bulls is massive to get before we go on the trip because the Bulls stink, obviously. Yeah, just get away and, game, get that win. and Yeah, you got to get that. More of a cushion. Mm-hmm. And so to get that one, but you got to beat the Rockets. That's another cupcake. And the, the Grizzlies game is going to be tough because they definitely want to beat us. Oh, yeah. They probably should have beat us the first time they played us and they choked yep. that one away. Thank you, Dylan Brooks, mm-hmm. for, that, for that performance. Uh, yeah, so they're going to want to beat us. That's go- that's probably going to be a really good game. That Grizzlies yeah, game. I'm looking I'm looking forward to that. The, for sure. The, the RJ jaw competition seemed yeah. like it kind of – and I know neither of those guys, like, it's not like a rivalry between them I don't two. Think so. But, like, no. narrative, you know, from our perspective, the two pick versus the three pick, RJ mm-hmm. had that great second half to kind of propel the Knicks to that win. And kind of, I'd say, even though Jaws' overall stats for the game were a little bit better, I think RJ, RJ gets the, uh, gets the win for that game. Yeah, the Knicks won. He won. And it wasn't just RJ's Knicks won. It was, there, the Knicks won because of RJ Barrett. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was not in spite of him or anything like that. Yeah. So I think uh, I'm looking forward to seeing those two go at it again. Absolutely, for sure, for sure, and yeah, and that game's huge because the next four are all against championship Legit, contending teams. Yeah. Yeah. Legit <laughs> contenders. I think Denver obviously is a little uh, little lesser without Jamal Murray, but yes, I think of course still. Yeah. Jokic MVP, Michael Porter Jr. taking like a huge next step. He just scored 39 the other night. Um, so he's he's really been been tearing it up. I mean, and then you get Phoenix again, and you get the two teams from LA. It's I mean, listen, the Knicks have been so much fun to watch the last, you know, month or so. And this winning streak was incredible. I don't think anyone expected them to have any kind of stretch like this this season. But if they can kind of bounce back from that loss, pick it up with these next three winnable games, and then bring some momentum into these games against the big boys, they could be kind of changing the expectations again. Because I think early in the year, I was like, wow, the Knicks are competitive. That's a really, you know, they're, they're above expectations. Then it was, wow, they can make the play in tournament. That's above expectations. Now it's, they can get, they can, they can miss the play in tournament and maybe get that six seed. Now it's they could le- legitimately win a first round playoff series. It's like every it seems like every week or so the expectations change, and if they go on that road trip and they dominate some of those big teams, or not even dominate, but if they just win, then it's like, all right, could the Knicks actually beat you know a Bucks in a playoff series, or you know even the Sixers, or I wouldn't say the Nets, but the Nets. Like, is is it possible that that the Knicks continue to like kind of go up um, and enter that, you know, legit contender in the East status. Is that rhetorical or are you, you can jump in. (laughs) You can jump in. I don't know. I don't know. The, the nets. I mean, just if all those guys are healthy, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure anyone can except LeBron, obviously. But I mean, as far as the bucks and the Sixers go, like, I want to see that Sixers team in the playoffs. They, they've been so impressive, but there's so many question marks about Embiid and Simmons in the playoffs that I'd like to see them in the playoffs before I anoint them as, mm. as big an Embiid guy as I am. And I think this is, this is the 
optimal version of Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. And I'm the best we've seen so yes, far. Absolutely. This is great. And God, I would love it if he were a Nick. I, I would <laughs> love that. I hope this all blows up and he requests a trade. Yeah. I do hope that happens. But I, there's just still something there. The whole Simmons won't shoot. You know, it's they just still feel beatable. They just do. And the Bucks, the same thing. I know Kevin O'Connor's writing all this stuff about and all these other people. Oh, they're switching more. They're trying new things on defense. Mm-hmm. I'll believe that in the playoffs when I see it, too, that they're different. I'll just whatever. Till, till then, you know, we'll see. Yeah. But I. I'm again, I'm not saying the Knicks are going to beat Milwaukee or Philly in the playoffs, but. I don't think either one of those teams is unbeatable in the playoffs. Mm. Like for the Knicks to rip, if the Knicks play Milwaukee or Philly in the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised if they took them to six or seven games. I don't think they'll get killed in those series. I think, I think Brooklyn would be an extremely difficult opponent. (laughs) Yeah. I think you and I, I wish Colin was here. So we had a double, somebody with the opposing uh, view, but yeah, I I just think Brooklyn's going to be tough. But like I like you said, I think I think Mo- Philly would be interesting because there's such a there's such an interesting matchup with Simmons and Embiid. I would be curious to see how Tom Thibodeau would attack defending them um and how he would kind of game plan for that. But I think Milwaukee, I mean as great as Giannis is, I Milwaukee is a team that to me would be vulnerable to an upset maybe in the first or second round like that, just because it seems like even now having Middleton and Drew Holiday, it seems like sometimes they still don't really know what to do down the stretch of close games where, you know, is it, should we give Giannis the ball and let him try and, you know, bully his way to the basket? Or should we have somebody else try and get, you know, a mismatch for Middleton? It's like, it doesn't seem like they always know what they, what they want to do where the Knicks know exactly what they want to do down the stretch of games. They want to get the ball in Julius Randle's hands. They want him to operate and either make the shot or find the open man. So the Knicks, to me, like as much talent and as great defensively as Milwaukee is, in a close game down the stretch, the Knicks would have a puncher's chance. You think so? In a, in a series? Or, in a series. Or- and I, I'm not saying they're going to they're gonna – beat them like I if gun to my head I would take Milwaukee but I'm with you where wouldn't be shocked to see the Knicks make it a series and kind of make Milwaukee sweat a little bit um yeah. I mean we saw last year people thought that's what was going to happen with the heat when the heat took an early lead in that series they thought like oh well you know the the Bucks are too good they'll they'll figure it out and they'll win but what did the heat take them out in five games? And they just I'm kind so of, sick of Knicks fold. fans being afraid of the heat. What the I'm, fuck well, are I'm, you so afraid of? I'm not afraid of the heat. I'm using them as an example. God. To, <laughs> I'm using them as an example of why the Knicks could win. <laughs> God. Uh, no, I know. I'm not talking about, yeah, yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, you. Yeah, There's yeah, all yeah. these Knicks fans that are like, oh, I don't want to see the heat in the playoffs. I don't want to see the heat. I Listen, understand. They're, they're, good, they're a good team, but yeah. But I, they, what, they looked average this year. They're still, we're waiting for the heat to make this run that hasn't come. Mm-hmm. And I know, like you said, if Colin was on there, he'd be like, oh, when their back's up against the wall, they're going to make a run in the playoffs. Okay. Well, I, I'm willing to wager on that. This year is different, though. I think the bubble might have been the perfect 
like the perfect environment for for them to go on that run last year. I'm not saying they they aren't capable of doing it now because obviously Jimmy Butler is like just a, a winner. Bam Adebayo is a great player. They got good you know young role players around him. Dragic, steady they, as they come. Do they? I mean, uh, like Hero Robinson, they're good shooters. I know Hero's not having a great year, but but like they have they have decent shooters around Butler Adebayo. Dragic, I, I mean, I love Dragic. I think he's yeah, like a, Dragic's awesome. a steady, great, you know, just kind of like very underrated point guard. I'm not saying like the Heat are going to completely scare anybody, but I think they'll be a tough out in the playoffs. I get, I mean, Oladipo. I'm not we, even, I'm like not even thinking about him. Yeah, that, we like praise them for the Oladipo thing because they got him for nothing, I guess. If you want to say Kelly Olenek is nothing, but Colin would actually Colin would say that might be a big loss in the playoffs. I would agree with him on that. And I don't know. What does he look like since he got there? So you were, I, I don't know. I just don't see it with the heat. I could be totally wrong. And I, I picked them to go back to the finals before the season. I was so sold on them. So, so I'm, I'm not hating on know. him at all. I think Jimmy Butler is incredible. Yeah, I think he's so good. I'm so such a Jimmy Butler guy. But the rest of this roster I look at, outside of Bam, obviously, and, I mean, Duncan Robinson's ridiculous, but I I mean, Tyler Hero, come on. Are you fucking kidding me with this Tyler Hero stuff? We're, do- we're done with that by now, right? He's, got a, even he's at- got a Chipotle bowl, though. He's getting uh, too big. He's getting way too big. Jesus Christ. Get- he's a diva. Get He's Tyler Hero out of here. Get nobody nobody in Miami here. likes Tyler Hero because he has a Chipotle bowl. Remember when when people were saying that he was actually better than RJ Barrett? Like six months ago. Like yeah. People were saying that. Because he not had even. like not some even. good playoff games. Could you Which, imagine be, how good be RJ would have been if he was on that Heat team? Holy yeah. shit, the numbers he would have been putting up. To, to be fair, Hero did have some really, really good games in the playoffs. But... Yeah, I mean, saying just and this is more than just hero. This is like so many guys. Like Taylor Horton Tucker has like a good game, and all of a sudden, like everyone on like every Lakers fan is like, he's so much better than RJ Bat. Yeah. Like everyone going to trade loves, him for Bradley Beal. Everyone loves <laughs> to to pick RJ Barrett out because Zion gets his flowers from from fans in the media. Ja gets his flowers from fans in the media. So people just like pick out RJ Barrett and like, oh, he's the number three pick, but he's not as good as Taylor Taylor Horton Tucker, or he's not as good as this guy. He's not as good as Tyler Hero. But we were talking about it with Macri, and Macri was like, yeah, because he doesn't run or jump like Moran or Zion. He's not flashy, and he also plays for the Knicks, so it's clicks, so it's easy, it's easy money. Like he's a perfect target Mm -hmm. for these people who want to criticize. Yeah. But I love. I would love to see that matchup, Miami and New York, in the in the first round. I think that would be awesome. Yeah. I mean, I. Yeah, absolutely. You're not. I yeah, mean, you're not one of the scared Knicks fans. <laughs> of the Heat, run and hide. Of the Heat, why? Any, any Knicks fan who was alive and was was uh, a fan during the '90s when the Knicks and Heat hated each other would be ashamed of of Knicks fans who are running and hiding from them now. Jesus, I, I I just don't understand this. I, I I know Spo is incredible. We have Tibbs 
Yeah. Okay. It's not I'll like, see your Spo and I'll raise you Tibbs. Go fuck listen, yourself. If this right? was if this was Spo and Fizdale, then I yeah. could I could give you I could give you a pass for being afraid. Yeah. Fizdale would be fucking hanging out with Spo in between games and yeah. showing, <laughs> showing him his empty playbook. Yeah, the, <laughs> what's it? The board that just says like team <laughs> on it. Exactly. God. But all right. Um, you got any uh, closing thoughts before we uh, we wrap this up? Just that I'm looking forward to the end of a se- the season for the <laughs> for the first time, mm-hmm. and I can't even remember how long the actual games at the end of a season. Normally, yeah. you're thinking about who they might draft who the free agent targets are coming up. And I'm looking forward to that, of course, anyway. But this year, you're actually looking forward to the games. We're talking about the end of the year schedule on the show. Mm-hmm. Like, intently. Talking about potential playoff matchups. Talking about playoff matchups. Who they matchups. should be scared of yeah. and who they shouldn't be. Like who That we should welcome a matchup with the Heat or the Celtics. Yeah. That we could easily, I think, beat the Celtics. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I think I just right now, fun, this, man, this time of year, I'm used to watching Knicks games and only watching Mitchell Robinson being like, how mm-hmm. is Mitchell Robinson developing? Oh, okay. He had a really, he had 10 points and six rebounds and three blocks. Like usually by this point in the year, it's like, you're just watching like the young guys and how they develop. I remember coming on here and talking about, Damian Dotson needed to get more playing time. <laughs> I'm glad those days are over. <laughs> yeah, we're we're a little bit past that now. Yeah. Shout out, shout out Dotson over. though. I I love Dot. Hoping I love Dot. Dot. But uh, I'm glad those days are over. Yeah, these these are more fun, uh, more fun pods to record. I will yeah. I will definitely say that. Absolutely, so. absolutely. All right. So thanks for listening, everybody. Um, we will catch you next week. Hopefully after uh, a few a few Nick wins and uh, we'll uh, we'll catch it. Yeah, thanks.